Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people believe that it's so important to hear from the Lord? Is it important? Yes. Because the word of the Lord is light and life to us. I would like to ask you to stand up and follow my prayer. Just stand up and follow. I want to wake you up. <laughs> follow my prayer. Father, we agree together, Father, to, receive to receive your utterance. We are surrendering to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are asking for the manifestations of the Spirit. The moving of your angels and your tangible presence. Give us exactly what you want to show us. And say to us right now, only by the amazing Holy Spirit you can minister to all of us individually. Exactly the way we need it. At the same time, we are asking for your revelation. And we believe that we have received it by faith. We are asking for our eyes to see. Our ears to hear. Our mind to be open. And to understand and to receive your truth. We purpose to treasure what you tell us. We will not ignore it. Or throw it away. We want to be doers of your word. Surely when we step out to do what you say. Great things and miracles shall happen. Because you are faithful to make your word performed. In our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 9. And Nehemiah who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. What happened in Nehemiah generation? The people of God walked away from the Lord. And under the leadership of Nehemiah, the governor, he gathered all the people to hear the word of the Lord for half a day. And the priest, the scribe, and the Levite expounded on the word of God for another half of the day. In other words, they have the whole day service that day. When the people of God heard the word of the Lord, they realized how far they had been 
from obeying God and from relationship with God. Many of them began to cry and mourn. And Nehemiah say, "Don't mourn, don't cry, don't weep." And verse ten. Then he said to them, "Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared." For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Everyone say, "The joy of the Lord is my strength." Do not mourn. Do not cry. Do not be sad. Do not be depressed. I'm so glad that we are learning about. Rejoicing always, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is the spiritual force. The joy of the Lord is supernatural. That will bring life, and power, and strength, and supernatural force to our life. On the opposite way, sorrow will bring weakness and death to our life. Sorrow would drain us. And make us weaker and weaker and weaker. We're not talking about happiness here. We're not talking about when people say like this: "I'm so happy, I watch the football game. I'm so happy, I can eat chai yao, or bun thit nương. I'm so happy, I can eat prime rib on the Thanksgiving evening. Pastor Da cook prime rib very well, very delicious." No, we are not talking about happiness. We are talking about something more than happiness. There is the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Holy Spirit, and the joy of the Lord came from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will quicken our life, will give life to our body, our mind, our feeling, and our soul and our spirit. It is our strength when we receive the joy of the Lord. The Holy Spirit begins to give life or quicken and flow in us to give us more power and more life. We will experience life and power and victory when we are so full of the life of God. And when we have the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Holy Spirit, we have the foretaste of heaven. Because when we go to heaven, the Bible say the Lord will wipe away all tears. There will not be any more sorrow, crying, sadness, cursing, sickness, death, and sin, and the devil anymore. The atmosphere of heaven is the atmosphere of joy, the atmosphere of peace. So when you experience the joy of the Lord on this earth, you are experiencing some. Taste of heaven, and it's so good to be in that condition of heaven on this earth. When you experience it, the Holy Spirit will strengthen you and quicken you in your spirit, your soul, your body, and your mind. Proverbs chapter seventeen verse twenty-two say, "A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone." I believe that. One of the reason to today I can do two jobs as a neurosurgeon and as a pastor, 
and growing mission work because I have supernatural strength from the Lord, supernatural grace from God. I'm still healthy. I'm still strong. Travel to many places because the joy of the Lord quickens my life. I received the joy of the Lord first time in 1997. And after that, I kept going back to receive the joy of the Lord. When you're talking about the joy of the Holy Spirit, I want to show you a very short clip when the joy of the Lord touched people. Can you show that on the screen here right now? The joy of the Lord touched people. The Holy Ghost. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's for your friends. It's for a lost and dying world. It's not just for this night. It's good. Did you need this? You've been crying out all week, haven't you? You've been wanting the Lord to touch you all week. And tonight's your night. Jesus. This man is one of the leading brain surgeons in the northwest of America. One of the leading brain surgeons. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to receive what God's doing. You don't need to be a brain surgeon to receive the joy of the Lord. Amen. Actually, on that day, he didn't even lay hand on me. I was sitting in the front row, and suddenly the Holy Spirit hit me, and the joy of the Lord just coming to me. I was drunk in the Holy Ghost and laughed and laughed. So, and that's not the only time I have the joy of the Lord. Sometime I went to the mission trip. I was praying in the hotel room because I don't want to wake Pastor Da up. I was praying in front of the restroom. Yes, thank you. And the Holy Spirit hit me and I was laughing. I have to crawl into the restroom to laugh and close the door because it's what, like at 2 a.m. in the morning. I don't want to wake my wife up from sleeping. So the joy of the Lord can hit you in the meeting, on the Dining table, one time I was, was watching Reinhard Bonnke preaching while we were waiting for the dinner time at my house. And when he was talking on the internet, suddenly the Holy Spirit hit me. And I was drunk and laughing the Holy Ghost. And my kids walk out into the dining table and say, again, my father. <laughs> he got drunk again. <laughs> My dear brother and sister, the joy of the Lord has a very positive effect on our physical body. It's a life-giving power from the Lord. It does positive things to our body. On the other hand, sorrow will cause negative things to our life. So many people in America have been taking antidepressants. They are so sad, they're so depressed, they could not sleep. And their life is going downhill. They become more sick and sick. They lose their job. But the joy of the Lord always quicken us and give us life. Our life will become brighter and brighter and stronger. But sorrow will drain us and make us down and darker and darker and weaker. That's why, because I loved you, I want to teach you and pray for you to have experience of the joy of the Lord. 
Today I want to talk about choice. God created us to have freedom of choice. If we want to have victory in our life, we need to stay in the joy of the Lord or stay in faith. We all can choose to be joyful or we can choose to be upset and depressed. If you want to live a victorious life, I want to encourage you to have faith that you don't need to yield to depression anymore. You have to say, no, depression, get out of here. I believe I can laugh and I can have the joy of the Lord. You should not live in sorrow and depression day in and day out, week after week, and live in sorrow because that will drain you and make you defeat. You should not believe that you can be a prisoner of your feeling. You should not believe that you are a victim of your circumstances. That is the lie of the enemy. The enemy will lie to you to put you in captivity. He will lie to you, oh, no way. Your problem will never be resolved. You're going to be sick forever. You will never get out of this problem. Just stay sad. Stay being depressed and keep mourning and crying. Because he wants you to be stuck in depression or in defeat. You should be set free by the truth of God. When you know the truth of God, the truth of God shall set you free. The truth of God says that he has made you more than overcomers or more than conquerors. You are an overcomer. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You say, get out of here, depression. Get out of here, this doubt, this being upset, this negative thinking. I'm going to laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. I'm going to believe that miracles and supernatural breakthrough will happen. Because Jesus already has paid the price. Salvation belongs to me. Salvation in every aspect of my life. Including my family, my finances. I believe in what God says. You need to understand this. We are not unbelievers. As a believers, the Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. And our mind belongs to us. And our spirit can control our mind. We can choose to think anything we want to. If you choose to think negatively, talk negatively, and complain about negative things, you're going to stay depressed. But if you choose to talk about God, the word of God, the promise of God, then we're going to be joyful and we're going to have victory in life. We're going to see the light at the other end of the tunnel. We're going to be victorious people because we choose. Everyone say, I choose. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verses 5 to 6. Now we have to choose between the two. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, set their mind on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded, or to put your mind on the things of the flesh, the problem, the depression, the sadness, looking the thing around us, the weakness of people, the mistake of our life, the mistake of other people, you keep looking into those things, is death. But to be spiritually minded, which means our mind set on the Holy Spirit, to let the Holy Spirit lead us and influence us 
is life and peace. The Apostle Paul used the word carnal, carnality, which means the flesh. Do you know that you cannot control everything that is happening around you? You cannot control everything that is happening in the world, in your city, in your country. You cannot control what other people are doing. Your kids, your grandkids, your spouse. But one thing you can do, you can control. You have the power to control your mind. And what you think and what you say and what you can dwell on. You don't have the power to control other people. Even God himself does not control you. And you cannot control other people. But you can control yourself and say no to this. Yes to this. We need to say no to the flesh. Or the carnality. And say yes to the Holy Spirit. To be spiritual doesn't mean that you're shaking like this. Or you make your eyes up and down. And say hallelujah. No, to, to be spiritual means... You walk according to the Spirit. You yield to the Spirit. You put your mind on the Holy Spirit 24-7. You walk according to the Spirit. When you walk according to the Spirit, you will not fuss. You will not get angry. You will be forgiven. You will not fight. You will not hold grudges against people. You will always love people. Joyful, happy, look in a positive way, hang on to the word of God. Is it true that a person who speaks in tongues is spiritual? Is it true that a person who quote all the scriptures and finish master degree, PhD in the Bible school is spiritual? Not necessarily. To know the Bible, to speak in tongues and to have the power of God to cast out demons are one thing. But to be spiritual is another thing. Let me show you the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. You need to understand the members at the Corinth have all the manifestation of the gift of God. They spoke in tongue. They're pretty anointed people. But God said, you are babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive solid food. And even now, you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Paul said that even though the the members in Corinth were speaking in tongue, quote all the scripture, know the Bible very well, and they had strong gift of the Holy Spirit. But they were spiritual babies because they were carnal. I want to encourage all of you. If you want to have victory in your life, if you want to have the joy of the Lord, the life of God flow into you, you need to stop being carnal because carnality will bring death. But the Spirit will give you life and peace. Peace including joy. To develop spiritually, it means you need to grow in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You need to grow in yielding to the Holy Spirit and walk 
by the Spirit. And when you walk by the Spirit, you can control yourself, and you will not get drawn into the strife, get drawn into the hatred and fighting and crutches around you. You will forgive even those who have hurt your feeling. You can forget about it by faith. You say, okay, forget about this. They hurt my feeling. I will forgive them. I will not hold grudges against them. But the devil will lie to you. No way. You cannot forget about this. You should hold grudges against that person. Again, you say, devil, shut your mouth. I have the right. I have a choice. I choose to think positive and forget about that hurt, about that offense. I choose to look at God. I will not choose to look at the negative thing, other people mistake, other people offense to me. By faith, I choose to forgive. I choose to cast all of my care upon the Lord. I believe the Lord will take care of me. Yes, people may hurt me, steal from me, cheat me, say bad things about me, but I'm going to change the channel. I will not focus on all those bad things that people did to me. I remember many years ago, I brought the file of God to Thailand, and everything went well for a few years, and then suddenly, the pastor who helped me to bring the file to Thailand, and he's in Thailand, suddenly changed his direction. He said, I don't want the fire anymore. I want something else. So he told me he's not going to help me for the revival service in two weeks. Back off. Two weeks before, hundreds of people show up. I have no help. So I can be mad. I can be bitter and upset about this, that people dropped the ball two weeks before big revival service. But I decided, no, I'm not going to look at this. I'm going to forgive this man. I'm going to look to God, and I leave this issue to God. God will take care of this revival service. And God did. Revival service for full of people. A lot of people turn around and come and help me and say, Pastor Varun, Pastor Lau, we will not let this drop. We will continue to have the service in Bangkok. You see, you need to learn how to look at God, not look at the problem. To be carnal is to look at the problem. To look at the people. But to be spiritual is to look to the Holy Spirit. To think about the Holy Spirit. To put your mind on the Holy Spirit. Yes, we make mistakes, but that's okay. We just look to the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit lead us. When you are carnal, you cannot be spiritual at the same time. Let me ask this question. Does it matter what we think on? Does it matter? Yes. What we think on is the issue of life and death. If we think on the natural, the carnal thing, the negative things all the time, sorrow will rise up, anger will rise up, and it will drain us, and we'll get weaker, and we will not be successful. We will not see victory because sorrow is a sign of doubt. But if we choose to think about the goodness of God, the grace of God, the promise of God, Faith rise up, we become stronger. And God is going to be performing miracle for us. To be carnally minded is death. How many people like to die? Raise your hand up. How many people want life and peace? Raise your hand up. How we can get life and peace? 
live according to the Holy Spirit. Put your mind on the Holy Spirit. Get a hold of the Holy Spirit. Talk about Him. I think this way. When I get a hold of the Holy Spirit, when I keep my mind on the Holy Spirit, it's like I'm walking to a very big well, and that well is full of the water of life, and I. Get the water out and I drink life into me. Every time I hook up to the Holy Spirit, I drink life into me. Life, ooh, so good. Life, make me healthy, make me sharp, make me strong, make me have victory. The life of God flow into my body, into my mind, into my emotion. I want the life of God drinking the water of life in me. The Holy Spirit. I need to be careful not to think on poisons, the thing of the flesh, the dead thing. I need to think on the positive thing, the thing of life. Isaiah 26 verses 3 to 4. You, mean God, will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind, what kind of person have a perfect peace that God helped? Whose mind is stayed on you? Because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. What is the secret of victorious life here? Secret of having joy, victory, life, peace in our body, in our business, in our Doing and going and coming. What is the secret? Keep your mind. Stay on the Lord. Stay with the Holy Spirit. I give you example how Jesus dealt with the disciple in this situation. John chapter 14 verse 1. I give you example of the disciple. Let not your heart be troubled. Again, Jesus said, not let your heart be troubled. Who made the decision not to let his heart be troubled? Yourself. Jesus said, hey guy, don't let your heart be troubled. You make decision right now. Don't be sad. Don't be upset right now. You believe in God. Now he connects between joy and faith. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Why did Jesus say that in John chapter 14? Because he told the disciple, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to be with the Father. You will not see me anymore until the right time comes. You're going to be in heaven and see me. Oh, all these disciples were very upset, very sad. No way. You're so young. Jesus, you're not an old man, 120 years old yet. I'm still considered 65, still young. 70, still young. Okay, all the people who are at 70 years old, you say, I'm young. He is still young. Why are you leaving us? You know, in this situation, what happened to the disciples? They were so disappointed that the master would leave them. But I think in our life, we may face this, this kind of situation too. Some disappointment. Somebody may promise to do something, but suddenly that person dropped the ball. Say bye-bye. Some bad thing may happen in our life. And the Lord still say to you the same thing, let not your heart be troubled. 
He still said the same thing. If I'm gonna read, continue to read, and you see that he said that two times in the same chapter, chapter 14. A lot of Christians say, "I cannot control my heart. I cannot control my mind. Not to be sad. That is wrong. You can control it. You can say no to sadness. Look at verses two to three. In my father's house are many mansions." If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am and there you may be also. You notice that the Lord Jesus tried to put the mind of the disciple on something else, not about his living but put their mind on the things above, on the future that will be coming soon, that they will meet Jesus again. They will have mansions in heaven. Keep going. Keep running your race. Keep serving the Lord. God is preparing mansions for you up there. Don't look at the situation now. When we serve God, sometimes we face some disappointment. No, don't look at that. Look at our future the things that we haven't seen yet in heaven. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, in verses 2 to 3, he says, look at the things above. Look at your future, eternal heaven. Now, look at verses 26 to 27. He did not only tell them to look at their future mansion. mansion. 26 and 27 say, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. In other words, joy and peace belong to you. I give you. This is not the peace of the world. This is not the joy of the world. It's the peace of God. The joy of God I give you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Second time, point to your own self and say with me, let not my heart be troubled and be afraid. Can we choose not to be sad? We can. Can we tell ourselves, no more trouble of my heart. Get out of here right now. Can we? The one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. We can tell ourselves and the Holy Spirit will help us. Amen. So verses 2 to 3, Jesus said, look at heaven, look at your mansion. I'm going to see you again. Now, verses 26 and 27, now he said, look to the Holy Spirit. Don't look at the circumstances. The Holy Spirit, if you look to him, he will remind you of all the things that I have told you. He will tell you what to do. He will give you solution of that problem. He will guide you and tell you what to do. Keep looking to the Holy Spirit. I remember many years ago when I started the church in 1988. Before that, I reached out to a man. He owned a company. He was a Buddhist man, and I led him to Christ one day. He and, actually, he was not a 
Christian, his wife was a Baptist Christian, but I led him to Christ. After that, we started the church at the basement of my house. Suddenly, this man turned around, who I led to Christ and got him filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongue. He turned around and started to spread the news all over the city to the, all the Thai community, because at that time, most of my friends are Thai people. He said that this man is too young. He still drink milk from the bottle. He cannot be a pastor. He doesn't have a big nose like American pastor. He speaks English with accent. Don't go to his church. He will be a failure. He cannot run the church. He's a neurosurgeon. He's not a pastor. Oh, I tell you, the news went everywhere, and the news came back to me from a lot of people. You know that this man told everybody not to associate with you. My heart just dropped and said, wow, interesting. I led you to Christ. I fill you with the Holy Spirit. I opened my home so many times to feed you, but now you hurt me. I was so upset. I was thinking about my third degree back belt, taekwondo. I know how to do front kick, side kick, punch. My flesh, my carnality, rise up and see. If I see this man, I'm going to yell at him and say, you are not my friend. But I remember I was driving on the street in Green Lake area. And the Lord spoke to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me with this scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Then the Lord showed me another scripture. The Holy Spirit remind me, brought to my remembrance of the scripture. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, As for you... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about the, this present result. Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt to preserve many people alive. When I heard that from the Holy Spirit, I parked my car on the side of the street at a Green Lake area. And I cry and I say, God, I die to my flesh right now. My flesh wants to kick this man, punch him. I'm a third degree black belt. <sighs> but I'm going to die to the flesh and I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit who brought to me, to my remembrance of what Jesus said in the Bible. And I forgave him. And I say, I'm going to love this man. He did not stop to do that to me for months and months. Eventually, one day, he was standing in his shop and he collapsed on the ground because he has abscess in his liver, broke out into the abdomen and caused peritonitis. He went to the ICU at the university hospital with the tube on. The doctor said, hopeless. He is under sepsis, we call septicemia. His blood pressure was very low. He's going to die. I went to visit him in the ICU, lay hand on him and pray for him, and God saved him. You see, we need to respond to the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Lord, 
The Lord told me that you cannot lead my church with depression and anger and also bitterness in your heart. You need to keep the joy. You need to look to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when bad things happen, we blame other people and we blame the devil. I tell you this: you cannot control what is going on outside you. But one thing I want to tell you: nobody. Can put anything in your heart, in your mind, if you say no. You can say no. That poop from the bird, get out of here. You don't eat it. You don't pull out of your hair and put it in your mouth. You say no. Get out of here. That negative thoughts. You're gonna yield to the Holy Spirit who make you equal. You're gonna yield to the Holy Spirit. You say no to the negative thoughts. You say no to look at the bad circumstance in your life. Bad feelings are real, but they are not good. Many things are real, but they are not good. So don't entertain them. Don't bring them in. Say no. Stop right now. If you want to keep yourself strong all the time, this is a secret. Control yourself. Make a choice to look to the good God. Make the choice to look to the promises of God. Make the choice to follow and yield to the Holy Spirit all the days of your life. I want to encourage you: the house of the Lord, the church, should be the most joyful community in the world. The house of the Lord should be the most joyful place in the world. People out there cannot compare to us; cannot even come close to us about the level of joy. They may come to you, people out in the street, come to you and look sad. You just smile and laugh because we are believers. We should be joyful people. The joy of the Lord should shine out from our face and light the whole situation. When we talk about the joy of the Lord, people who are not born again cannot get it. Only believers can get the joy of the Lord. How many people are born again? Raise your hand up. Are you born again? Okay. You have the right to receive the joy of the Lord. Amen. It's available to you from the Lord. This joy cannot come by bottle, pills, accumulation of money and materials. This joy only comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you put faith in Him and say, "I cannot look to the Holy Spirit, not look to the situation." No matter what is going on in your life, you still have peace and joy, because this peace and joy do not come from the world. It's not dictated by your circumstances. It's the peace of God deep inside you, the joy of the Lord. We can rejoice in the difficult situations, and our face will shine bright light from our. Face. We shine the light of God because we have joy, and we can have victory. We make us strong, and we can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because we look to the Holy Spirit, and He's going to tell us what to do next, what to say, and we can have victory in our life. Amen. How many people want that kind of life to have victory? Bad things may happen to you, but I want to encourage you. Remember this: all things work for good for those who love Him. Remember this: even though people may mean evil to you, but God, God can change it around and make you have victory, as long as you follow the Lord. Amen.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. I read two more passages of Scripture and we'll pray. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses thirteen to seventeen. And since we have the same spirit of faith, everyone say spirit of faith. How many people have the spirit of faith? I have the spirit of faith. According to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore speak. If you're sick right now, you have faith. You say, "I am healed." I don't need to live in this sickness. You have faith. How many people are sick here? Raise your hand up. Let's say at the same time, "I'm healed." Sickness cannot be on me. Jesus took my sickness. By His stripes, I am healed. Knowing that He who raised up the Lord Jesus, the Father, will also raise us up with Jesus, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that grace having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore. We do not lose heart. The early church disciple were persecuted, and Paul said, "Look at the Lord. Look at the glory of the Lord. Look at what God is doing by the grace. So many people get saved. Don't focus on the wrong thing. Do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, we're getting older. Everyone agree? We are getting older. No one can stay the same. We are all getting older." Is perishing, but yet the inward man is being renewed. Renewed by who? The Holy Spirit. The joy. Ha ha ha. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Lord, renew us, quicken us day by day. Look at what Paul said. For our light affliction. Which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What Paul say light affliction, momentary affliction means? Do you know? What he means is this: being persecuted, being shipwrecked, being beaten, being stoned, being left to death. That is light affliction. When I read this scripture, I cannot complain. If I lose sleep a little bit in the mission field, I have jet lag, I have some problem in my ministry. Whew, I cannot compare my affliction to Paul's affliction. Nothing. I'm not in jail right now. I'm not on the post to be whipped. He called light affliction, and he even called. Momentary. Okay, continue to read verse eighteen. Why we do not look at the things which are seen? The things are seen right now: persecution, shipwreck, being stoned, being left to death, being hatred, being rejected. But at the things which are seen, for the but at the things which are not seen. This is walking by faith. We don't see heaven yet, but we believe we're going to go to heaven. We serve the Lord. We haven't seen our mansion yet. We're going to be in our mansion. 
We're going to have the crown of glory. What we have not seen is the Holy Spirit. I never seen Holy Spirit, but I look at what I have not seen, the Holy Spirit. For the things which are seen are temporary. How many people agree that the disappointment and the problem in this world are temporary? Yes, it will be over. Which are seen are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Heaven is eternal. The reward in heaven is eternal. The Holy Spirit is eternal. The truth of God is eternal. When we are looking at the things we don't see by faith, the joy will rise up. We have supernatural strength, and our countenance will look so good. How many women in this room want to look beautiful all the time? Raise your hand up. You don't need to even put the makeup on. How many men in this room want to look handsome and glorious? Actually, you do. The members of New Hope International Church, women look beautiful, and men look handsome and glorious. You know why? Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13 say, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So when we keep looking at the thing we don't see, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the promise of God, heaven, our rewards in heaven, we keep our eyes on the right thing, we walk in the spirit. We live according to the spirit. We look at the spirit, not look at the flesh. Don't follow our carnality. We're going to have joy, a merry heart, and our countenance will look good. Amen? Look beautiful, look handsome, look glorious all the time. Amen? Maybe I show you. One time, um, the operating room nurse said that, can you show us how to yell? And I Nurse! Be quick! And I still smile. And they say, this is not yelling. <laughs> Have you ever seen people get mad and sorrow? How is the con- con- countenance? But when people are happy, smiling, Is that right? Good countenance? Because we look to the Lord. That's why Christian women look beautiful. Christian men look handsome. Because we are people of faith. Amen? We will not let our heart be troubled. We will focus on the Lord and be joyful all the time. Amen. Father, thank you so much for reminding us to live according to the Spirit, to look at the things we have not seen, heaven and rewards in heaven, and Jesus Christ, our Lord, to look at the Father and to walk according to the Spirit, to look to the Spirit who is inside us. Help us not to walk in the flesh, not to focus on the negative things, not to yield to sadness, to being upset, 
to sorrow, to complaint, to negative circumstances in our life. We're gonna walk by faith. Look at the promise of God. Lord, we believe nothing is impossible with you. No matter what happened, if we stay in faith, we walk by faith. We believe you. We look to you. The Holy Spirit will tell us what to do. Remind us of the word, the Scripture, so that we can claim by faith, and we can see victory. We believe and we speak the promise of God, and we declare that the mountain has to be removed, and the blessing of Abraham will come upon our life, Father. Help your people in this house, and all those who are watching this teaching, to be the people of joy, the house of joy. Remind them every time they begin to look at the wrong things. Help them to change the channel and look at the right thing. Look at you, and hook up to the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your help. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not sure that everyone in this room is born again. I want to encourage you to be born again, to have God in your life. Interestingly, last Sunday, I went to the Sharing of scientific knowledge presented by Guac, our brother Guac, and I learned a lot. He is a scientist. He showed us about the beginning of the universe. Scientifically, after study about the light, the sound, everything, the conclusion that I learned from Guac, and this is all scientific. Okay, this is not just spiritual thing. I learned that. There is a beginning of the universe. The universe did not just come on pop like that without creator. There is a creator. The universe begin and expand. In that's what Genesis chapter one verse one talk about. From the beginning, everything look without order, and then God create that and make it in order. So it's so interesting that even scientific Truth confirm the creation. Somebody create the universe for us. Amen. I want to encourage you. You did not come from just by accident. You were created by God. Every time I open the skull tomorrow, I have to perform one brain surgery. And every time I open the skull, I see the brain, and I think this is impossible to have this brain by accident. The cells, the the neuron, the axon, all the things in there, so complicated, so well designed by a very intellectual person, and that person is God. Come back to God, your Creator. If you want to do that, follow my prayer. Father in heaven, you created me. You designed me. You designed me. 
so complex, so complex, so beautiful. So beautiful. You have given me, you have given me, my spirit, my spirit, so that I can get to know you. So I can get to know you. Oh Father, oh Father, thank you so much, thank you so much for sending your Son Jesus Christ. To die on the cross for my sin. I am not perfect. I have made mistakes. But from today on, I repent of my sin. Ask you for forgiveness. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now to be my savior and my Lord. From today on. I call myself a child of the living God and the Creator of the universe is my Father. Thank you, Lord. My name is recorded in the Book of Life. I have eternal life. One day, I will see Jesus in eternal heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Congratulations, making the right choice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. One of the reason I like to lay hand on people, pray for the Holy Spirit to touch people, because it's a good practice to learn how to yield your flesh to God. And be filled with the Holy Spirit, and let the Holy Spirit come in to touch you. You know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit touch you, you look kind of weird because you laugh, you cry, your makeup, your mascara disappear, your false eyelid drop off, your false hair drop off. So your your carnality kind of your flesh kind of have to go away, but you yield. And let the Holy Spirit work in you. It's the way, you know, the the revival, the fire of God is about. Learn how to really put aside the flesh, and learn how to really walk with the Spirit. That's why, when the church is in the revival, the members can yield to the Holy Spirit better than without revival, because the fire of God touch people and and move in people's life. You learn how to walk with the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people say, "Holy Spirit, help me to overcome my flesh"? Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.
Oh, the-